Welcome to the Edge of Eternity podcast. This is where biblical Christianity and the world meet. Our aim is to give you the tools and resources you need to help cultivate a closer and more meaningful relationship with God. Stay tuned. Hello, welcome, and thank you for listening. Today is the very first episode of the Edge of Eternity podcast. And obviously, it's special for a number of reasons. And before we go into today's topic, as the title suggests, we'll be uh, diving deep into the big world of self-help and be looking at self-help from a Christian perspective. That means resources, books, seminars, loads of different aspects of self-help. We'll be looking in and just seeing how Christian some of these resources are. But before we dive in, just a very, very brief summary of how and why this podcast is actually taking place. I was eating dinner with a friend and as I was speaking to him, we're catching up after about two years. We hadn't seen each other face to face. We had spoken on the phone, but we hadn't actually seen each other face to face. Obviously, the world has not been the same since March 2020. But regardless, we were catching up and I had told my friend that I am a recent born again person and I've come to the Lord and whilst I was speaking to him in just a general way he actually convinced me to share the journey via a podcast and he's not the first person to tell me that but there was a way he conveyed the message that it would be really useful for me to share this journey via a podcast. So without giving away too much more information, because I don't want to make this discussion about myself, it is really about you, the listener. But I think it's important for me to just let you know that I was saved by our Lord and Saviour, around the middle of 2021. And I can honestly say my life has never been the same since. It's not been the same. And there's a lot of positivity. There were some dark moments, but I can tell you for a fact that the transformation that you receive when you've humbled yourself and you've repented of your sins is something that honestly, Words cannot describe. And it's the main factor behind the Edge of Eternity podcast and today's episode. So I wanted to get that out of the way before we dive in. But yes, self-help. It's really interesting when, as a Christian we are expected to conduct ourselves different. We're expected to be different and and conduct ourselves differently from the rest of the world. Now, there are a number of reasons and a number of implications as to why. But obviously, we are people, we have a mind, We are susceptible to temptation. We are obviously part of this world as well. And we share this world with people from different cultures, beliefs, religions, backgrounds, etc. So we are obviously influenced by these people as well. So self-help is not the first secular 
ideology to infiltrate Christendom. In fact, Christianity is rich in history with external doctrines and different gospels infiltrating and influencing Christian practices. So it's not new to have something that's popular or buoyant within the secular world infiltrating Christianity. But one of the issues I have with self-help is the fact that on the surface, self-help seems really innocent and really commendable in so many ways. Nine times out of ten, the aspirant is frustrated with their life or they seek to find more meaning within their life. They want to be more fulfilled. They want to improve. There is nothing wrong with any of these things. It's good that a person feels the inclination to want to better themselves and to want to improve themselves and to want to find more meaning in life. These are things that are certainly commendable. So on the surface, at this stage at least, self-help is good. So usually a person on their own reflection or discussing something with a friend comes to the somewhat rational conclusion that they want more from life. They want to improve on their current situation. They want to feel better about themselves. They want more money. They want a higher status within life. So some people, in knowing this and coming to this conclusion, embark on certain books, certain courses. They ingest certain materials that push them, that motivate them, that drive them, that have them work certain activities in which they can actually begin a process of internal, spiritual, mental, and then external transformation. Now, in terms of the surface of things, i.e. a person coming to the conclusion that they want more from life, more money, more status, better health, better self-esteem, and then finding resources to help fulfill those goals, on the surface, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But the old expression, the devil is in the detail, is where we will go today. Because as a Christian, I want to ask you, Is it innocent? Is it actually innocent to embark on certain secular self-help materials? If we look in the Bible, one of Paul's epistles, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, and I quote, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. End quote. Very simple. Very, very simple. The aspiration of earthly, materialistic, worldly things. Is that really the life a Christian should be aspiring to live by? Now, of course, nobody's saying because you're a Christian, you have to have or live in abject poverty. Nobody's saying you need to financially struggle. Nobody's saying there's anything wrong with having ambition in your life. But self-help is often portrayed in a way in which 
you are aiming to become more materialistically wealthy. A lot of the affiliate marketing gurus of about five years ago would often show off their luxurious cars in their mansions. They would often dangle these things in front of aspiring participants. They would often tease people with their quote-unquote wealth. And they boasted of their worldliness. A great sense of pride seemed to have been the overwhelming emotion and drive behind where why these people were sharing their so-called formula. You know, the likes of Dan Locke and Ty Lopez and Gary Vee and Tony Robbins. A lot of these people were parading their wealth in order to incentivize and galvanize aspirants so that they would join them on their courses and buy their books and attend their seminars. The point being made here is worldliness was used. And if we look at that, the tree in which Adam and Eve bit from was glamorous. It was glistening. It shone differently from the rest of the fruit in the garden. And yet, eating from it plunged existence to still be in sin that is reverberating today. Now, the point I'm raising here is, as I quoted from Colossians, your affection ought to be on things above i.e. heaven and ensuring that your faith has been cultivated throughout your life that your faith isn't just words but it's truly in your heart and for your faith to be truly in your heart your actions must correspond in fact you may not even need to open your mouth because your whole demeanor, your whole being resonates with faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So how, how Christian are you if you set your eyes and your hearts and your mind on things of the world and not on God. How Christian is it to ensure that, or not to ensure, sorry, to embark on a journey in which you set out to acquire worldly gains and without any mistake, this is one of the primary drivers and driving factors behind self-help. Now, there'll be many Christians who disagree and say there's nothing wrong with ingesting and processing a lot of this self-help material because it improves your life. But in part two, I will be discussing in detail the main spiritual implications of embarking within self-help and why it actually could constitute as a form of idolatry. So stay tuned for part two, where we will be discussing self-help and the reality that it could be creating false idols within your life. Stay tuned.
Welcome to part two, ladies and gentlemen. In part one, we introduced the show. We are looking at self-help and asking the question whether Christians are truly aware of the worldliness associated with self-help. And we're asking whether or not worldly, worldly gain and worldliness in general is the main driving factor behind why so many Christians are actively pursuing different self-help businesses and models and courses and exploiting so many self-help resources. In part two, I'll be drawing the conclusion and highlighting a very dangerous road that a person embarks on when they dive really deep into this self-help world. So stay tuned. I came to the conclusion after spending easily five years, probably more, buying the books, taking on courses, watching the videos, liaising and discussing with people, attending conferences. I never actually attended a conference. I was invited to one, but I never went. I was indulged in this world before I was a Christian and before I was saved. Everyone, especially a man's role is to provide and you want to do the best job you can do. And I come from a, a two-parent household, very grateful to my parents for their contribution. So I've had a good example from my father, who's always put food on the table, clothes on my back, roof over the head, both my parents, obviously. But I've had an example from my father on how to be a man and how to provide. And in today's world, we're, we're, we are faced with so much pressure, both men and women, of course. You add on top of that, the fact that you've placed your faith exclusively in Jesus Christ, then you face an avalanche of oppression, ridicule, and all sorts of pressure. So before I was saved, I used to have a few self-help books I consumed a lot of this a lot of these resources and materials and I've come to the conclusion that self-help leads you down one of two roads narcissism and nihilism so you have self-worship or self-loathing, self-hatred. And hear me out. Let's take narcissism, for example. Now, a narcissist is a person who worships themselves. A person who has a, frankly, extraordinary opinion of themselves, inflated ego, no empathy, parades themselves in their own bravado, if you will. And let's, let me give you a hypothetical. Let's say you take on these courses, you apply some of the lessons, and you start to see gains in your life. And you start to make more money, you start to have more options because you have more money, you have a bit more time as well. If successful within this world, this world of self-help, you will start to actually truly believe that it's you behind your uh, material success. And I'm not, I'm not for a second saying a person shouldn't be diligent or a person shouldn't work or a person shouldn't have a certain code of ethics when it comes to their work. No, that's a very good thing, being professional, being diligent, being conscientious, these things are very good. 
But if you're doing well in life and you place most, if not all, of that success down to your own shoulders, then eventually you're going to really start to believe your own hype. And when you get into that world, you become your own idol. And this is a form of idolatry. So as a Christian, if you set out and say, I want to be a quote-unquote better version of myself, I want to quote-unquote improve my life, what's the end goal? You've done all of these things. You've gone through the uh, the, the courses. You've, you've done the programs. You've read the books. Let's say you do experience some material gains in your life. Do you attribute those gains to God Almighty? Or do you look towards yourself? Obviously, in the last days, men will be lovers of themselves. At what point? In self-help, even the name self-help is God mentioned. When, when do you find time to study the word? If you're consuming all of these resources, these books, these seminars, you're watching these videos, you're doing these courses, when do you anchor yourself in the word? When do you actually understand the true meanings of the Gospels? Or do you just wait until Sunday where your pastor, where your minister, where your bishop can dissect it for you? You know, like the little ducklings where the mother duck chews the food or the bird. I, I don't know if ducks do that. I'm sure they do. But yeah, any bird where they have little ducklings or chicks where they chew the food for them and then they eat the regurgitated food. Is that what you're like? Where you don't really understand the word of God yourself because you don't read it. Instead, you, you wait until somebody else can ingest and regurgitate it for you because the time you could be reading the word and studying the word, you're studying self-help You've been beguiled into worldly aspirations as opposed to understanding the mechanics and the, real and the reality of eternity. Moreover, this program and this podcast is called Edge of Eternity. And that's because we are on the edge of eternity whilst we live on earth. Because the actions you take today reverberate forever. And when you read the word, you quickly find out that not only is your life on earth a marathon, but you can't take any of it back. So how you spend your days What you do with your time will catch up with you. Do you immerse yourself with God? Or are you busy trying to gain worldly, worldly things? You see, the issue is, like I said earlier, if you are successful then you develop certain narcissistic tendencies because you have read resources and books. You have ingested resources, basically, that attribute all your success, not to God, but to yourself. The concept of self. Leaving no room or a little room, token gestures to God. Because this is where 
or should I say, within the within the the paradigm of self help, it's all about self. What could be more narcissistic? It's really, really dangerous to embark on any program or process where God has been removed. If you are truly a Christian, you understand that when our Lord and Savior says, serve God with everything you have, you're supposed to serve God with everything you have. Not feeling the scraps or giving our Lord the scraps. Okay, you get one Sunday morning. That kind of goes into the afternoon. But then again, I'm going back after that. Back to the world. So to conclude this part, we need to truly ask ourselves if self-help, if successful, leads to narcissism, leads to an absence of God, leads to an absence of thanksgiving. We need to truly ask ourselves as Christians whether or not we need to embark on these worldly pursuits. Because if we do need things, our faith in God Almighty will provide these things as opposed to the self. three ladies and gentlemen hope you're enjoying this show so far just to recap a very quick recap we've spoken about self-help the reasons why people embark on self-help programs literature and other resources usually to improve their lives and find more meaning but as a christian we are susceptible to the ways of the world as well but is it really a Christian pursuit a pursuit in which you wish to add more worldly items feelings statuses is it really a Christian pursuit for a Christian to embark on certain self-help courses and literature and basically embark on self-help programs. We followed this question with one of two eventual outcomes, narcissism or nihilism, self-worship or self-loathing. And obviously the primary, the key to that conclusion stemmed from the focus on the self as opposed to being as opposed to the focus being for god so i just want i, I took a long pause there on purpose because i want you to just think about that and i want you to be aware that satan is very conniving and seldom does a sin present itself as anything beyond innocuous or innocent at the start it's always something that doesn't seem to be anything more than innocent to start with until like a seed in soil is watered, is planted, is tended to, and then it starts to blossom 
starts to grow, it starts to flower, it starts to actually mature. And a lot of sin, no, virtually all sin starts as tiny seeds. How many celebrities have come out recently and have lamented the fact that when they were children, when they were adolescents, they were exposed to pornography and it resulted, it has resulted in a very distorted idea of self, a distorted mind as an adult. It could have just been for, I think for Kanye West, he saw a playboy that belonged to his dad when he was five. And that's exactly the seed that was laid. I think Billie Eilish alluded to the fact that pornography destroyed her mind. So I'm using this example to illustrate the point that things can seem innocent. Now, obviously, nudity and fornication is never innocent. But just seeing certain images when you're not ready or before your time and being exposed to certain things can have an effect on your life that you may not even be able to truly understand. And in the world of self-help, it's really something that, like I keep saying, seems innocent, seems innocuous. But the more you immerse yourself in it, the more you realize that your focus goes away from God and it is focused on yourself. At the very least, this is a form of idolatry. This is, this is worldliness. In the book of James, a friend of the world is in enmity with God. And I think these materials really take the focus away from your faith. And we know God is looking for faith. And in the book of Hebrews, Paul writes... But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe he is. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter and the 6th verse. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek seek him when you indulge in self-help this is often in lieu of studying and understanding the word of God that passage that uh, that verse speaks volumes because not only does Paul the apostle actually write about what happens with a lack of faith? A lack of faith means you can never please God. But Paul then goes on to add the fact that God will reward you for those who diligently seek him. So all these things that you're chasing, financial security, improved status within the world I mean let's just focus on finance because the other things are really quite worldly and you have to question your faith if you are really truly pursuing God or are you pursuing the lusts of the world of the flesh because a true Christian is not aspiring to play any part in things that are worldly you've renounced these things to take up your cross so it's very interesting that you would even be enticed by these things because if you are then you must question your faith but it's ironic that we have reassurances from God that you will be rewarded if you seek him So the hours, the days, the years, 
that you study these self-help materials and you apply the lessons. It's impossible to do both. You can't serve the self and serve God. What did our Lord and Savior say about serving two masters? It's impossible. It's become more and more prevalent in today's world. Now, I want you to really think if you have started this new year and the new year's resolution and you want 2022 to be better than 2021, obviously, again, this is a good thing. The improvement of self and improving your life conditions is 100% a good thing. You should want to improve, but... As a Christian, you need to really ask yourself, how am I going to do this? Now, a Christian should submit this to God and ensure that God is the one who drives the improvement. You place your faith in God and you leave, you leave these things to God. The Father doeth the work. But you can only truly let the Father doeth the work if you have true faith that God will improve your life. And how do you ensure that God will improve your life? Prayer. Studying the word. Actually living a holy and righteous life. Not just on Sunday morning where you have to go to church. But Monday to Monday, Sunday to Sunday, Saturday to Saturday, every single day. Nobody's saying you need to become a biblical expert. Or you have to memorize complete books of the Bible. But more effort needs to be taken. As a Christian, you are supposed to be in fellowship with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And fellowship is a relationship. And if you're with your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend or you're in that kind of a relationship, you expect effort. You expect your feelings and emotions to be reciprocated Men have to show women that they care and they love them. Women have to show men that they care and they love them. You sit down, you listen, you communicate, you're transparent. You have an actual living, breathing relationship. A relationship with God is even more important than a relationship with a spouse. Parents and children. The roof over your head, the food in your belly, the clothes on your back. You provide these things for your children. Your children, in exchange, do the chores. They they get good grades at school. They listen. They obey. Life is a series of relationships with your colleagues, even. You do a good job, not just because you are a professional, but because you don't want to let your colleagues down. So we have all of these relationships predicated on effort, diligence, empathy. Yet when it comes to God Almighty, we think we can just be blasé. We think we, we can just be so nonchalant. Meh. Just leave it down to just meh. No, absolutely not. If you don't even feel the urge to want to immerse yourself in the word, if you don't feel the urge to pray, to pray without ceasing, you must question your faith. 
obviously faith is not a show until we're saved by grace so that no one should boast. However, faith cannot just be words. Ask yourself, there are 168 hours in a week. How many have you given to God? How many on average do you give to God versus social media, versus the television, versus self-help? How you spend your time is a reflection of who you are as a human being. And as that reflection is more, uh, becomes more dominant, that is the clearest picture of faith. This isn't, these aren't, it's not just words. Beliefs are in your heart. Yes, we must confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord and let that be known. But our Lord and Savior also said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. Well, how do you know what the commandments are if you've never, if you don't read the Bible? If you don't spend time in prayer, if you don't actually cultivate a relationship, you don't allow God to actually shower you with blessings because you're trying to do it yourself. By, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 8. Not of yourselves. Yes, we, are no, we know we're talking about eternal life with that verse. But when you look at it on a micro level, saved, Saved. Think about what salvation is. It is on a grand level, on the eternal level, i.e. when you die, where do you go, heaven or hell? But it also is on the small, innocuous levels as well. If you have a problem, if you have an ailment, if you're, if you're not well, God is the remedy for all problems. In order to receive these benefits, you must have faith. Not in yourself. Self-help actually removes God completely. It's not called the God-help industry. It's called the self-help industry. And it's innocent at, at the start and it seems fine and it seems good. It, it plays on your emotions. It plays on the fact that you want improvement in your life. And that's the good thing about you as a person. You want to improve. You recognize problems. That's very good. That is commendable. But then the route in which the help is provided is not commendable at all. In fact, it will lead to your destruction. Because you cannot help yourself without God. In fact, you're, you're actually telling God you don't want his presence. You don't want his grace. You don't want his help. You want to do it yourself. You want to meditate instead of pray, praying. You want to use affirmations instead of praying. You want to read these books by these gurus instead of reading the word of God. You want to attribute your success down to yourself instead of God. How on earth can you honestly say you have faith in God if your actions are in opponent, are opposite? To God, how can you honestly say that? That you have actual faith. Going to church every week is not 
a necessary sign that you have true faith in God. Yes, fellowship with fellow Christians and listening to a person who studied the word is obviously a good thing. Singing and praising God is obviously a good thing. And finding a good church is becoming more and more difficult these days, to be perfectly honest. But it's when you found one, it's, 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 it's fantastic. But that doesn't excuse or exonerate you from displaying faith. Some of the most faithful people I've ever come across either are still looking for a church or don't quite haven't found haven't quite found one because the congregation doesn't have the same passion as them. Now I personally think it's good to go to church, but I'm not going to say you're a good Christian just because you go to church. Churches are rife with corruption, false teachings, weak pastors, weak who barely know the word of God themselves these days. And Jesus did warn us, like, in the end times, things will be like this. So, but the point is, you don't think just because you attend church every week, you're a good Christian. Because for six days of the week, you live like a worldly person. Does that even make sense? My brethren, please understand that self-help on the surface seems fine. But it opens up doors and gateways that may be getting you involved in things that you may not truly comprehend or understand. And there's an opportunity cost. Every page you read of a self-help book is a page you could be reading in the Bible. Every video, everything, every resource you consume is time taken away from understanding the word of God. And if you don't know the word of God, how much faith do you truly have? If you don't immerse yourself in prayer, how do you know what God wants from you? How do you build a relationship with God? Self-help can lead to narcissism, which is a form of idolatry. Self-help can lead to the subtle and subconscious worship of self-help gurus, whereby you hang on their every word and you idolize them. And any conference they go to, that they host, you go to, you attend. Any book, anything, you become, they become your idols. The golden calf of your life becomes those people. You become addicted. You become immersed in toxic positivity where you don't really understand how to process your emotions. And all of this is a result of immersing yourself in self-help. I urge you, brethren, to really reconsider and actually look at it from the perspective of a true Christian and pray on it. Ask God to guide you. Ask these things, put them before God. Pray fast. Actually have a meaningful and true living relationship with the Holy Spirit. And ask yourself, why do I want these worldly things? Didn't my Lord and Savior say, there's more chance of a camel walking through the eye of a needle than a rich man inheriting the kingdom of God. Didn't my Lord and Savior say, you can't serve two masters, either God or mammon. Mammon meaning money. Isn't it said in the book of James, a friend of the world is in enmity with God. Please ask yourself these questions, fellow Christian. And really, truly submit to God. Ask yourself, what am I getting involved in and with? 
in the world of self-help. And is it truly Christian to pursue the self at the expense of a relationship with God Almighty? Can I do both? The Bible is clear on two masters. Brethren, please reconsider the world of self-help because it does seem innocent, it does seem good, even honourable. But the devil is literally in the detail. And if you are pursuing worldly things, how Christian are you? Take the energy and the idea of wanting to improve your life. Stick with that. That's a good thing. But find the answers in the right place and places and immerse yourself in the word of God. Immerse yourself in prayer and fasting and understanding what is expected of you as a Christian. And those things that you are pursuing will definitely be provided to you by God Almighty. So, listener, this is the end of the very first episode of the Edge of Eternity podcast. I would like to thank you from my heart for listening. I hope you found this work edifying. And please like and share and uh, subscribe and all that stuff, all the social media protocol, follow that, <laughs> follow it. But thank you for listening. Send me an email, put an email in the description if you, if you enjoyed the show. Send me some feedback. And thank you for listening. Take care. And of course, God bless. <laughs>